everybody, and welcome once again to another episode of Politico. I'm your host, Juan Callao Diaz, and in this podcast, we speak about things that you may know, that you may not know, that I may know, I may not know, the guests may know, or they may not know. Eventually, someone will freaking know. So today with me, I have Tarek. Tarek is a uh, Palestinian activist, stand-up comedian, and one of the leaders of the Palestinian movement in Cleveland and all around the United States. Today, we're going to be speaking about the liberation of Palestine and what has been going on for the past 70-plus years in the Palestinian land and the Israeli occupation. So with that said, listener discretion is advised. Let's make sure that you do not take anything that is said in this podcast on the runway and decide to go and harass Tarek or anything in his social medias. As always, everything will be listed in our resources, sources, and show notes. Everything will be on the website which is in the description of this podcast. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, remember to leave a five-star review and a good comment. Again, thank you so much for listening. Let's begin. Tara, can you tell me a little bit about you, uh, what you do, who you are, and what, uh, you know, let's just start with that. So my name is uh, Tariq Mohammed, uh, 33 years old, uh, 100% Palestinian, both my parents 100% Palestinian, uh, lived in Cleveland the majority of my life. I would go back and forth from here to Palestine growing up. Went to school there for a couple of years. Uh, so obviously Palestine is near and dear to my heart. Uh, and I am just here to talk a little bit about uh, what we're going through, uh, the occupation, the genocide, and not just these past you know few months, but really for the past seven decades. So thank you for having me, Juan. Absolutely. So let me uh, start asking you, can you share with you know our listeners for um, and the people that may not know what's going on exactly? Uh, can you share what's going on in Palestine? Uh, you know what's the occupation um, of Gaza and how you know how this started? Yeah, so we we've been talking for the past I think it's you know close to 105 days now. We're over 100 days uh, since the October 7th attacks that we've seen all over the news. Uh, since what the news has been calling it the Israel and Hamas war, but really this has been a seven-decade issue. Uh, the only reason why you're really hearing about it more and more now is because of the quote-unquote attacks that happened over in Israel on their side. Uh, but this has been a genocide and occupation for over 75 years. Uh, 1948, we talk about the first Nakba, which was the first attempt at ethnically cleansing the Palestinian people by removing the Palestinian people. And that attempt did not work. So they continue to try every day, every month, every year for the past 75 plus years. Uh, and then, of course, you have things that happen on October 7th where things get out of control things get a little crazy and then you hear about it more and more and you start to see the truth more and more because of social media. Before it was hard for the Palestinians to tell their truth uh, because the media was never on our side, not, not the Western media, not the media in Europe, it was never on our side. But now with social media, now with the ability to record things and show things, the world is starting to see the truth of what's really happening to the Palestinian people and the people of Gaza. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that. You know, I myself um, started in this movement um, because of a friend very dearly to me share um, and his Palestinian, he shared what was going on. And, you know, as a freedom fighter, as someone who believes in revolution myself, I was like, yo, yeah, that's not right. You know, you can't just go to someone's land and try to take over and just decide that it's yours out of the sudden and like ethnic cleansing them, like all of them. You cannot do that and just, you know, stand in, in the eyes of society and be like, oh, my gosh, it's right, because it's not. And seeing what's going on, so it's as you mentioned, it's not something new. It's not something that 
it's been going on only for 105 days. It's something that has been going for over seven decades. You know, it's happening and people are dying and there's not something that just started. So do you think, um, let me ask you something relating to media. Why do you think the media is now covering it specifically and why are they going straight, like, you know, defending pretty much Israel and what's going on when Israel asks, I was sharing with a friend earlier this week, pretty much just spoke the beehive and now are acting like they are, they are like the, like, I don't know, I guess the innocent in this when they're with the ones doing this for over, as like we mentioned, seven, six decades. Well, we've talked about this before where um, Israel is the only, you know, country is the only government that is the occupier that is causing the violence that is committing genocide. But then they're also playing the victim at the same time. That's really never been seen before. And the reason why the media covers it, the reason why the media sympathizes with it is because truly we talk about Zionism and we talk about Zionism owning the media. So it's a part of what they are. It's a part of what they believe and they can build the narrative the way that they want to. Um, and let me preface by saying this too, because I know we're going to talk a little bit more about October 7th when the, the media really began to dive in on this. Now, as a Palestinian, as a Palestinian Muslim, I don't want to see innocent lives anywhere being lost. Uh, and I do recognize that innocent lives on the Israeli side were lost on that day. But I also want to bring to a fact that nobody from the media has really started talking about Palestine and the over 30,000 lives that were being lost until recently. And again, that's really because they have no choice. And again, that's to people, uh, that's because of people like Mohdaz, who's over in Palestine on Instagram. That is because Bisan on Instagram, who have millions of followers who are in Gaza, going through it, losing family, losing friends, documenting the truth and documenting to the world everything that's happening to them. Yeah, absolutely. So let me, now that you mentioned the media and stuff, you know, we have seen reporters being attacked by um, the Israeli um, troops, which is pretty much, um, it's a war crime. Um, you know, the reporters are regularly protected um, by public speech in any country. And that's, um, you know, part of the world treaty. So do you think that Israel is trying to like, just stop the outside world from seeing what they're really doing and cover it and, you know, to victimize themselves even more? Well, there's a couple parts to that, right? One is when you're afraid of the truth, when the truth hurts you, what do you want to do? You want to hide the truth. You want to bury the truth. You want to get rid of the truth. Eliminate the truth. That's how you eliminate the truth. You eliminate the people that are out there telling the truth. And Israel does not view Palestinians as humans. They don't view us as civilians. We are all considered, quote unquote, collateral damage in whatever sick ideology that they have. So they don't view a person as a doctor, as a journalist, even as a child or even as a woman. Every single person who is a Palestinian, that's all they are, is they're just a Palestinian. They are the enemy. And what can we do to get rid of them? So that's why it is insane to me that they continue to do what they do, but they still want to call themselves victims. And that hasn't changed in over 75 years. So, and you know, like with this vict victims like status that they have, um, now let's jump really quick to, you know, in the country, we are in the United States, the government has decided to take a side, which, um, and that side has been Israel. You know, they did the same thing when it came to Russia and Ukraine, they took the Ukrainian side, but here we have seen them, they haven't taken the side of the people, they took the side of the, mon like the capitalism, the monetary side of what would help the American government pretty much. 
as we know, you know, they, a lot of the Israel government and, you know, this kind of conspiracy side, but they pretty much control a lot of the American government and the inner side. And even our president here in the United States pretty much said that he supports Israel. He has sent so much money to Israel, which is affecting and like our country and right now affecting Palestinian lives, not just, you know, in the, in the American country, but also in Palestine and the Israel area. So do you think that the United States should have um, got involved, like specifically sending money, sending weapons to support Israel in any way? Or do you think the United States should have just butt out and like not help Israel at all? So the, the, the United States, we know their biggest ally in the Middle East is Israel. And it has been that way, um, you know, for since World War II, really. Um, and every president, every government, what do they say when they come into office is uh, Israel, you know, to be a, a country, to be a democratic country. Uh, Israel has our best interest and they protect us in the Middle East. Whatever nonsense, whatever jargon. I'm not a politician. I'm not a scholar. I don't claim to be. Uh, but they've been in each other's pockets now for, for, for all these years. And the problem with people like not just this president, but the last president, the president before him, the president before him, billions of dollars every single year go to Israel. Billions of dollars go to Israeli military. Billions of dollars goes to help the Israeli people. They don't need any more money. I'll tell you this. I am a Palestinian American. I'm a Palestinian first, but I'm also an American. And I have friends here in America, friends who are veterans, specifically, who serve this country, who went out and they did what they had to do for this country, who don't have anything. They don't have money. They have terrible health insurance. A lot of their friends are homeless. We have so many issues here that could be resolved if we weren't sending money to not only support people that don't even belong to this country, but to also support a genocide, to also support a war, to also support the killing of innocent civilians. So if we want to keep sending money to help all these other people, but we're not doing anything to help our own people, it's just, it's, it's hypocrisy and it doesn't make any sense. And along with hypocrisy, we talk about the Ukraine-Russia war. The Ukraine-Russia war, Ukraine fighting back, they were resistance fighters, they were heroes. But then when Palestinians do it, we are terrorists, we are Hamas, we are this, we are that. Um, so it just, it just makes us think sometimes, maybe if our hair was lighter, maybe if we had, you know, lighter skin, maybe if we looked a little bit different, people would care a little bit more about us. When the war first started in Ukraine, I saw everybody on social media changing their flags to the Ukrainian flags. And it was a sad thing what happened to those Ukrainian people, what happened to those Ukrainian families. But then why, when you see the same thing happen to Palestine, why not the same amount of emotion? Why not the same amount of uproar? Um, again, it just goes back to hypocrisy and, and the brainwashing from this country. Absolutely agree with that. And, you know, like, as, as you mentioned, um, and you literally just, just said it, like, you know, if you, got, if you guys in Palestine, the Palestinian community pretty much follows up and defends themselves, they're, they're called terrorists. They're called, like, they're, they're called, like, they, they use the term when they've revolutionized, they call them terrorists. And like a group like Hamas, which is pretty much revolutionary, a group which is defending their country is also now in the United States' eyes, a terrorist organization. But when other like people, the United States support do it, and it's as you mentioned, it's definitely the hypocrisy of the country. It's definitely the hypocrisy of our government officials that are behind doors. And you also look at them, they have like groups that are like Jews, like groups in, in the United States that are paying them billions to shut up, billions to support Israel pretty much. 
and they are been shot because of the money, you know, and this all comes back to what do they care more? Do they care more about the capital gain or do they care more about civilian lives, which we have seen is more about the capital gain. And, you know, in Washington, we have a lot of senators who have been getting hundreds of thousands of dollars here in the United States from Israeli hate groups to support Israel, to support the genocide of Palestinian lives. And we have seen it like we have seen how people here in the United States are now taking an approach to themselves to attack and harass Palestinian uh, civilians. So well, one, I uh, forgive me. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to cut you off, but you just brought up a very good point that I, that I just want to jump in here for a second. Absolutely, go ahead. So it's it's funny to me because we live in you know the land of the free, the land of free speech, um, but Zionists uh, have a, a, an actual website that. What they do is they search for people, specifically Palestinians, but really anybody who is pro-Palestine, who's been at rallies, who supports Palestine, and they put this, they put them on this website. It's called the Canary Mission. And on the Canary Mission, you know, if you've ever had anything bad to say about Israel, whatever, and, and you would think to yourself, well, this is just some stupid website. It doesn't matter. Who knows? The Canary Mission caused some of my friends to lose their jobs. It caused some of my friends to be thrown through the ringer in the media. I, I have one person in particular that I grew up with who she was a great student. She was a great person, a great college student. And she might have said some things when she was in high school, like, like we all do. And when she graduated medical school and was ready to start her job, the Canary Mission exposed some tweets that she had from when she was like 17 years old. And it, guess what? She lost her job. She's not able to practice medicine. And in fact, I think she had to leave the country just so she could find some work somewhere. I have another friend here in Cleveland who was a police officer. He was police officer of the year in Cleveland a couple of years ago. Canary Mission comes out, exposes him for something he said when he was like 16 or 17 years old. Now I get it. There should be consequences for your actions, but we're having people create a website specifically searching for Palestinians to try to ruin livelihood, to try to ruin lives. And they're not doing it right away. They're waiting. They're waiting for the right opportunity. They could have exposed these people 10, 15 years ago, but they wait for them to find some sort of success just so they can bring them down. So I just wanted to bring up that point that there is really free speech in this country for everything except for opposition against Israel. You know, and this sounds pretty much, um, I don't know if you ever heard of Antifa. So there is a website called the Antifa Watch. And... It sounds pretty much the people who manage the Antifa Watch are far right, KKK, Nazis, like, you know, very strong Ameri like American supporters, quote unquote. They call themselves patriots, but on, on the reality isn't they're the far right who are just fascists. And it sounds pretty much like that website. It sounds it sounds a lot like that. It sounds like yep. they're just they're trying to stop freedom fighters and create this narrative where they are number one because they're like the fascist voice who wants to control what you say and attack you it sounds like if you don't follow their you know far right agenda where you support like genocide you support superiority of like an extreme like race or you support like ethnic cleansing you're and that is awful you know i was not aware of this website so now i'm actually like this is the first time i hear of it so i'm glad that you brought that up because it's not i wouldn't even know you might but be on there juan you don't even might, know. You might be. <laughs> I, I might be on there. I, I have about three profiles on Antifa Watch, so that I'm yeah. on. I can't imagine how many times I'm on that one, because um, I tweet about Palestine like pretty much every day. So I'm 100 percent sure I'm there. 
um, and they're following me. So, um, but yeah, like things like that are things, you know, they're, and this brings back, I was talking to someone yesterday uh, on an episode pretty much. And it's bring back like now they're back, you know, during the Holocaust times they were putting, they were putting the star on the Jews. And now it feels like they're just doing the same thing to the Palestinians. They're not, they're putting a Palestinian flag pretty much on your back and using that as a target to attack you. And it's really upsetting because, you know, like here in the United States, we have seen how that started happening. We have seen a, a child get stabbed and murdered. We have yeah. seen here in Cleveland, we have seen girls in CSU being followed by Israeli people. We have seen people getting run over by Israeli people because they support Palestine. We, um, there's one Cleveland, uh, one of the Cleveland, like Israeli supporters pretty much goes around in his van harassing girls at CSU and pretty much is banned from the campus. Yeah, he's harassed he, me too. He yeah, shows he, up to my comedy shows, puts the table right outside. Yeah, he, he he tried to run us over in a protest. I mean, he follows me. He followed me on Instagram and tried like to harass me through my post and started messaging me, messaged my girlfriend, family, and I was like, yeah, you know what? He can go ahead and do that. I don't care. But you know, so with that, let me ask you, like, you know, how do you think that how the media is portraying like the Israel um, Palestine, like the occupation of of Palestine, and how they're uh, you know the deaths of people are they using that to create a form of hatred in the United States to create a division where, you know, you have people killing children or people running over Palestinians. You think that is the fault of the U S media, the Western media. Oh, 100%. I mean, I don't think the United States biggest weapon are guns, tanks, and bombs. The biggest weapon is the media. The media is what divides people. The media is what causes issues. Let's put, you know, Palestine and Israel aside. Uh, a few years ago when Donald Trump was, was running for president, you had far left, you had far right, actually fighting each other, going after each other, talks of a possible civil war, talks about get your guns because you don't know what's going to happen, talks about how, you know, we're going to have to go against each other, you know. And, and what's crazy is during those times, you heard fake news, fake news, fake news. Nobody believed the news. Nobody believed the media because that was the agenda at the time. But now the news is gospel. Now everything the news says is fact, even though if we talk about Israel, most of what they've said so far has been completely debunked, right? Now, again, I, I'll, I'll preface by saying this. We know that some innocent lives were taken on their side on October 7th, but the number started at like 2,500. It's drastically dropped down to about four or 500, okay? They talked about, oh, it was all over the news, all over CNN. This is what caused the hatred. This is what caused that boy in Chicago to get stabbed. They talked about women being raped. They talked about babies being beheaded. And that's all been disproven. There's been no proof. If you have something that deep, you ask for proof. Biden talked about it. And then Biden was then spoken to and said, ah, there's actually no validation of that. We don't believe it to be true. And then they had to recant everything that Biden said. And I'm glad because we don't want to see that happen to women or babies, obviously, right? All been recanted. All these tunnels, everything that they talk about, recant, 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 because it's all made up. And what they're doing is they're feeding these stories to the U.S. media to continue to create that divide, to continue to get that support. Even during these times, look at all the lives that are being lost in Gaza and Gaza. And the United States is still sending more money over to Israel for bombs, weapons. They don't need any more. They're already demolishing. They're flattening an entire city without more of, of what they're sending. So that's what you do in the media is you continue to create a divide by continuing to create a narrative by making us look terrible. You see with their commercials, you see with their billboards, they're painting us out to be 
terrorists in every way, shape, or form. One of the biggest things of propaganda that I see now is save Palestine from Hamas, right? That that makes them feel, oh, we're saving them from Hamas. We don't need saving from Hamas. Palestine is Palestine. That's our country. People say, oh, well, multiple times Israel has offered you this peace to live in peace or this peace to live in peace. Well, that's like me going to my neighbor's house, breaking in, taking over his entire house and saying, you know what, if you want this closet, you can have it, but I'm going to monitor you. I'm going to watch you. You can only come and go as I please. It just doesn't make any sense. So what happens is you create a generation of anger, right? The Palestinian people are the most beautiful people in the world. They have shown to be the most resilient. They have shown to be the most courageous. They have shown to be the most loving people in the world. But at the same time, some of the kids right now that you see that have lost their parents, okay, or some of these parents that have lost their kids, they witnessed their parents losing their lives a few years ago, who then witnessed their parents losing their lives over the same thing. So you keep creating this generation that's going to hate a certain set of people. Why? Because all they know is these people took my house. These people took my land. These people took my brother, my sister, my aunt, my uncle, my parents. But nobody wants to hear that, especially not the media here. They don't want to hear that because it just doesn't fit in their agenda. Yeah, it does, it, as you mentioned, it doesn't fit in that agenda. It doesn't fit in, in like the cycle that they're creating because, as you mentioned, there's friends, like, you know, friends losing friends, parents losing their children, children losing their parents. And, you know, I had a couple friends that um, – just text me this week they lost they lost their like grandparents yeah. and like and in gaza so it's you know it's it's upsetting to see how like they're attacking civilians but then as you said like then all you mentioned is the, all you hear in the media is like the october 7 attack is it's like pretty much that that didn't just happen you know people in the palestinian side were killed for months and years before that one specific thing happened and you know it's not say okay well you know there's that is the excuse for those deaths but it's also to say you you know this happened and why is it nobody talking about this but then when like the israeli part happens it's like why are we gonna talk western media just wants to shove it down your throat like put it in every damn station i mean for weeks all i saw was like cnn reporting on this and fox news and you had like even bbc like which is supposed to be the one that is supposed to be neutral regularly also reporting on the Israeli side, but not sitting down. And then you see them sharing on the internet, Palestinian kids, you know, saying like something, but they take it out of context. They pretty much like remove the whole half of the speech. And then they just have like one little scene of it, which is what Western media loves to do. And it's very upsetting because then they don't show you exactly, you know, how people are living in Gaza and the Gaza Strip, how people are living in Palestine as the like full area. And I think, um, you know, with that, let me ask you, this question, since you, you have family over there, you have friends that are still in Palestine, what are the current like living situations for people in the Gaza Strip and in Palestine, like in Palestine, like fully, what are the like living situations with this happening? So I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a background too, and then I'll answer that question. So um, obviously the, the narrative this whole time has been, we're going after Hamas, we're going after Hamas, Hamas is in Gaza, they're hiding in Gaza, so on and so forth my entire family lives on the west bank and the west bank has also had children murdered and arrested the west bank has also had women killed men killed arrested the west bank has also been under occupation and guess what there is no hamas in the west bank so my family who's who's still living there 
they still have to go through the checkpoints. They're denied entry. They're denied certain things, uh, certain times where they have to go to work or the doctor. They're denied those items. They're denied being able to live freely. And they're on the West Bank. And there's been no talks of Hamas being on the West Bank, right? The entire state of Palestine is occupied, all of it. It doesn't matter if you are in Gaza. It doesn't matter if you are in the West Bank. It just does not matter where you are, okay? And it's not just, people like to make this a Muslim issue. It's not a Muslim issue because as we know, there's plenty of, of, of Palestinian Christians. But the Palestinian Christians have also been killed. Their churches have also been bombed. Their people have also been spit on. Their, 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 their people have been abused. It's not a religious issue, okay? And, and even with, with Judaism, we love our Jewish brothers and sisters, but there is a difference between Judaism and Zionism. We need to be more intelligent. We need to speak more about this and not let the media fool us into thinking they're all the same thing. My family, they understand this. Many families understand this. More people actually understand than don't understand. Um, but my family, it's hard. You know, they 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 live in, I guess what you can call a, a safer area, but they've still been through. I've had cousins that have been thrown in jail for no reason, who have been abused, who have been shot at. We've had family friends who have been killed. It's It happens everywhere when you talk about Palestine. Um, but they just don't want to, they just don't want to cover it. They just want to talk about what they want to talk about. Yeah. And, you know, that you mentioned, uh, it is good to also like, you know, for any listener uh, in this podcast to also like let them know, you know, there is Israelis that are Christians, there's Israelis that are Muslim. This is, this is pretty much not a problem. Like, you know, it's not the fact that they're Jews. It's the fact that, and this is what America has made it to seem. This is what the Western media have made it look. It's, you know, it's a Muslim uh, Jew war. And it's really not. It's Israel. It's the Israeli people that are attacking and the Israeli government that are attacking Palestinians. So it's it's about them trying to take land. It's about them like possessing and controlling the Palestinian people. And you know, it's pretty much the definition of a fascist overtake. They're trying yeah. to control and take over these people. And it's you know, it's pretty much what happened throughout our history, and we see it repeating. But it's not in America. It's like in other countries. And we see it repeating exactly what happened in American history, how the colonizers took over and tried to kill everybody, pretty much did it, and then took their land. And this is exactly what's going on. And, you know, many of us here in the United States go like, oh, yeah, you know, we don't applaud what the colonizers did. But then there's many others that go, we don't support what the colonizers did, but we are okay with what Israel is doing, which shows, again, as we go back, shows against the hypocrisy of this country and not just American, but many other countries around the world. How they don't want to get involved and mention this kind of thing. And one, I just I, I, I saw a video yesterday. You know, so hypocrisy is going to be the word of the day today. But I saw a video yesterday. Um, it was a governor. I forget which state. But this woman comes up to him and she is wearing a shirt that says uh, uh, Jews for Palestine. OK. And she asked this governor, she's like, are you going to call for a ceasefire? Are you going to call for the end of what's happening to the innocent civilians in, in Gaza. And, and this man's response was, well, tell Hamas to stop hiding behind women and children, okay? So my response to that, let's say, that's a cop-out, that's BS, that's not what's happening, but let's say, let's put it at face value, let's say that's what they are doing. Let's say Hamas, evil Hamas is hiding behind women and children, okay? So you're telling me here in the United States, a country that wants to protect its people, protect its civilians, if 
I were to go to someone's house and do a, a, a hostile takeover and I'm going to sit there and I'm going to kill every single person in that house and I'm an evil man. I just killed some people. You're going to say, go ahead and take out every single person in that house because he's hiding behind the women and children. So every single person in the house has to go collateral damage. Of course not. Of course you wouldn't say that. So why do we say that with people of Palestine? Again, it's because they look at us like we are beneath humans. That is the way we are viewed. And that, again, it all comes back to what did I say? The most evil power in the world, which is the media. The media vilifies people, and they do a very good job at it. Me, put religion aside. But we talk about, you hear people in the United States who are always like, this is a Christian nation. So one of my biggest points was, okay, this is a Christian nation. What about your Christian brothers and sisters who are struggling and suffering in Palestine? They say nothing. The media likes to vilify Muslims especially. And this started a long time ago. You used to hear all the time, not as much now anymore, but you would hear for a long period of time where some sort of attack would happen and they would say, oh, and right before he committed this attack, he screamed Allah Akbar. Allah Akbar this, Allah Akbar that, Allah Akbar. First of all, Allahu Akbar means God is the most great. Arab Muslims and Arab Christians both say it. it's not just specific to Muslims, but they vilified that term so when people hear it, they immediately think, oh, terrorist, oh, terrorist, oh, terrorist. So I could just be any guy off the street. I could be a Puerto Rican guy, go shoot up a school, God forbid, scream Allahu Akbar, and they'll make it a Muslim issue just because I said those words. But then you see a white person go and do some atrocity, and they just have some sort of mental, you know, mental damage or mental problem. So again, it's just, it's the media creating these narratives and people can't think from themselves anymore. They have to listen to what people are telling them to think about. And that's the problem with not only this country, but a lot of the countries. And it really adds because, you know, what you just said to like, you know, to add, uh, we have seen over the history. And I mean, even before uh, Columbine happened in uh, April 29, 1999, we have seen a lot of genocide, like even in the United States, you know, like not, not specific genocide, but mass school shootings where people are getting shot. And regularly, you know, it is a person of like white descendant or white skin um, and we don't we don't hear the media going like, oh my gosh, be aware of every white person. And as you said, like, but early, you know, this past year we saw a transgender individual do it, and then they were like, oh my gosh, all transgender people are evil, they're bad. And mm -hmm. I understand where, where you know where you where you come in with that part because the United States media specifically have this tendency that if one person does it, they're going to attack everybody. And we have seen it in our city council. We have seen yeah. how here in Cleveland how. A councilman said that he was going to bring a gun and shoot and shoot out everybody. We have seen it with a recurring councilman and said that we were trying to bring contraband inside of City Hall because someone was trying to bring a fruit. We have seen how they are afraid. And it's because, as you said, they're looking at the Palestinian people. They're looking at us and, you know, every single protester supports Palestine as lower than a minority. They're looking at us, how the conquistadors and the colonizers look at the natives and the indigenous people, yeah. like savages. They're looking at us like worthless. And that is a problem, you know, because you are attacking specific people just because of the race, which is pretty much brings back, it's, it's a racial, it is a racist like statement. It's a racist problem in the United States, how they're not supporting Palestine, but they're supporting Israel. It's, people don't want to look at it like that, but we have to look at also at what it is. It is the American racism it is the way that racism still exists and people go like, you know, pal like you hear the word Palestine or you hear the word Muslim and everybody immediately just thinks 9-11 or like terrorists or they're going to kill people. 
or like, you know, rape women or like now the, the whole conspiracy about like they were killing babies, just like, you know, like cutting their throats out. You know, these things have been proven to all be wrong, but they rather believe a lie and follow the racist statement and support that than look at the truth and do the research. And that's one of the problems that people are going through right now is, you know, your research doesn't mean go and look at CNN and Fox News. Those are not reliable sources. They're yeah. Western media. They're going to destroy the, They're going to destroy the entire narrative and make it to what they want so you can still watch and they can still make their money. Make it easier for yourself. Go on you know, Instagram, TikTok, and look at real Palestinians in Palestine, in the United States, like explaining to you what is going on. People with families that are willing you know, to do this. Independent reporters that are going out there, they don't, they're not connected to a huge media corporation. And you will see how they're looking at this from a different perspective. They're looking at this with the realism, with the truth. And that, you know, as, as you said, as I said, the media is our biggest enemy right now. They are America's, they're America's number one enemy. And like, I yeah. mean, the world entire enemy because they're gonna change things to their liking. And they're never gonna like change it to what you, what, what the real truth is because they have to make what they want and what they gonna make a profit out of. And I encourage the truth on both sides too. I mean, if you take a look at, you know, they they have Instagram, they have social media. Look at the difference in the two videos. Or look at a look at a video Martez will post. Okay, he has I think about eighteen million followers now. He posts raw videos, and he posts people burning, dying, them burying, them pulling people out of rubble. And then look at the videos on the other side, where they're dancing, they're cheering, they're literally eating McDonald's on the mass graves of innocent Palestinian civilians having fun, enjoying themselves, making TikToks. So there's a huge, huge, huge discrepancy in both sides. So I encourage the truth on both sides because the, the more the truth comes out, the more people see the real truth and the more people see that the Palestinians have been right all along and that we do deserve our liberation. And yeah, and you know, at, and the show notes of this, I personally, when I was, um, when I came to one of the Palestinian protests, I did an experiment on, and I interview a Palestinian family. I interview a grandfather, um, his daughter, her, uh, her husband, and their two child. And their two child. Um, I'll put, I'll put some clips so you can listen to the Palestinian group speaking on the show notes. And then I interview the Jewish uh, Israeli gentleman uh, across the street. You will hear where the hate comes from. You will hear how the Palestinian community members were speaking calmly. They were asking for unity. They were asking for peace. They were asking for love. Across the street, the Israeli gentleman was pretty much asking for the eradication of Palestinians. He was literally, and I, I never published this specific because I couldn't bear to like listen to what he was saying and actually like go like, oh my gosh, how hate can live inside of someone so badly. Like, I mean, he never said peace. He never said the word unity through his entire thing. All of it was. Israel needs to win. We need to eradicate the Palestinians. This is our land. We need to take over, pretty much. It was never about supporting and loving, you know, your brother or sister. It wasn't about, you know, loving each other because we're humans. No, it was pretty much, let's eradicate them. And in that moment, I saw, like, wow. No wonder why people, like, are looking at this guy and, like, you know, he's only one. And there's, like, millions of us, hundreds of us in here, and, like, Around the United States, there's thousands of like hundreds of thousands of people fighting for Palestine where he's only one in Cleveland. Juan, I will pay anybody who's listening to this a thousand dollars if they could show me a video 
of any Palestinian in Gaza who are suffering, who have been screaming on camera for vengeance, who have cursed out anybody, who have said anything that is disgusting, inhumane, or, or threatening, you will not find it on the internet. You will not. I saw I, multiple, multiple videos, but I, I specifically one woman who lost four of her children who was just asking God to give her patience, asking God to help her, asking God to let them be resting peacefully. That's the difference. They're not screaming vengeance. Now, you show the other side. I have seen numerous videos of songs being made about, you know, getting rid of Palestine, about uh, uh, certain people, politicians, people on the news talking about turn Gaza into a parking lot, eliminate the problem, get rid of every single person in the world, right? There's a huge difference that like people might say, oh, well, you're, you're on one side of the social media. No, I'm not actually. I'm not. I'm on both sides because I want to see both sides. I want to see what they're doing. I want to see what we're doing. And it's disgusting what they're doing. It's it's disgusting what they can say, what they can do, and they can get away with it. But then if I speak up, if I say anything, if I want to, you know, rally for my people, my job's in jeopardy. My reputation's in jeopardy. You know, so 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 it really is a difference in, in both worlds. But that's why I keep telling people we need to keep speaking up. We need to keep continuing what they're doing because they will not be able to silence all of us. They won't, especially when more and more of the truth comes out and more and more people of the side of the truth come out. It, eventually, they can't do much. And now you start to see this one. I don't know if you've noticed, but I know CNN specifically, not that they're shifting on the side of the Palestinians, but guess what? They're starting to speak more on the side of the Palestinians. They're starting to cover more of the side of the Palestinians and showing what's happening and talking about the lives that have been taken, so on and so forth. And they're not doing that because now all of a sudden they care. They're not doing that because now all of a sudden they found their hearts. No, they're doing that because they know they have to or they're going to be exposed for never telling the truth. So it, it, it's just a, a tale of two different worlds. Um, and going back to that guy, they, they have hate in their hearts. You can't control that. When, when you have so much hate in your heart, then, you know, I, I see comments on social media of videos where these children, you know, lost limbs and people are commenting, ha ha, that's great. You could thank Hamas. You could, let's say, let's say Hamas is what you say Hamas is. Let's say they did the worst things in the world. So you're still going to be okay with a, a two-year-old losing his limbs, losing her limbs. No, it's just, it's, it's disgusting. And, and we see this every single day, but they could say what they want. We cannot say anything. Otherwise we would be cut by our throats. Yeah. And it's, it's very upsetting because they don't look, they don't look at that party. Look at the fact, like, you know, they, they overlooked at what's really going on because they hear the word, they were, they hear the name Hamas, they hear that word. And they're so upset. Like when they hear, because the Western media, as we mentioned, puts so much in their heads. It makes them believe that Hamas is the reason for this, like, you know, for what's going on. And it's really not. Like, I mean, this happened way before Hamas. This happened way before 2023, 2024. It started 70 years ago or even, like, longer. I mean, we have records 70 years ago, but we don't know if, like, before 70 years ago that, like, Israel people were still doing this. I mean, you know, it might, they might have not done it in such a large portion, but they were still probably doing it and attacking And I mean... As you mentioned, people have to go through like, pa like pass points, and they have to like check uh, and do this, and they're like denied services that are human services, you know, because of who they are, and this is, keeps happening. And 
you know, I can't imagine how Palestinians that are in Jerusalem are suffering, how Palestinians that are in the Israel-like areas who live there and have been living there are also suffering themselves because they have to see this and sometimes they even have to stay quiet. They can't say a lot. One, I, I, my most recent trip to Palestine was summer of 2022. I went there with a group of people. We did a comedy tour in some of the major cities in Palestine for our people um, over in the West Bank. Now, we would have all loved to visit Gaza. We would have all loved to see Gaza, but Gaza is the world's largest open-air prison. They control who comes in and out. No way were we able to get in there. So we performed most of our performances over on the West Bank. Uh, but I just want to bring up a point in regards to what you just said. On one of the days we performed in Bethlehem, or Bethlehem, which is, as we know, the birthplace of Jesus. And we're there performing. The day before our performance, we had some time. So we wanted to go and visit the hospital that was there, visit some of the kids, because there's a very uh, uh, no, well-known hospital there uh, called the Huda al-Masri Pediatric Cancer Center. Okay, Huda al-Masri is the uh, wife of the founder of the PCRF, uh, uh, the Palestinian Children Relief Fund. And Huda al-Masri created this pediatric unit over in Bethlehem. Um, and we went and we visited and we walked in and we were greeted by a nurse. And we told the nurse who we were, what we were here to do, and we wanted to visit the children. And she told us, great, but there's only one child here today getting treatment. And we were like, why is there only one child here getting treatment? She said all of the other kids that were supposed to be getting treatment were all denied at the checkpoint, them and their families. We're like, what do you mean? She's like, they get denied cancer treatment, medical treatment at the checkpoints. And she was saying there are certain illnesses, certain cancers that a lot of kids in other countries, especially the United States, would survive. But because they're denied the proper treatment, they're denied the proper resources, they end up dying from these things. So more than just bombs and you know guns and military weapons, these kids are denied basic resources just to survive. Um, and I'll even take it back a step further because you mentioned Jerusalem. My grandmother lived her entire life over in the West Bank of Palestine. She was Palestinian through and through, peaceful woman, never had any issues. And back in 2006, I was 16 years old and I'm staying with my grandmother for the summer. She wants to take us to Jerusalem. Uh, to go and visit, to pray at the goods, you know, the get the full experience. My grandmother's an old woman. We get all the way over there. It's about an hour and a half away. They come on the bus with their guns, pointing them at all of us. They take many old men and women, including my grandmother, off the bus, tell them they cannot come in and they have to leave. And then they make them find transportation home. That's not how you treat the elderly. That's not how you treat your, your, your people, but that's what they do. They, they deny. So that's why I love when people are like, oh, well, if you love it so much, why don't you go to Gaza? Why don't you go here? Why don't you go there? It's not, it's not that easy. They control who comes in and out. Even on my flight in 2022, when I went there, I, I, um, a lot of Palestinians know about the VIP room. I don't know if you've heard about the VIP room, Juan, but the VIP room is where they put Palestinians when they land in Tel Aviv, and that's where they interrogate them and decide if they're going to let them in and out. And I was there for a few hours while they took my phone, they took my bags, all my stuff. And there was another gentleman who was there with me from Washington, D.C., who was Palestinian. We just got off a 13-hour flight. After a few hours, they finally were able to let me in, but they just said, eh, we don't want to let him in. They put him on another flight and sent him home. So when people are like, oh, just go back if you don't like it so much, 
it's not that easy. And then you talk about settlers, right? Settlers come, they get guns by the IDF, they get the backing of the IDF, they get resources by the IDF to literally go to your house, take over your home, take you to the streets. And if you try to fight back, they kill you. So when people say, oh, why don't you guys go back? Why don't you go back? We would love to go back. But we can't go back because you don't allow us to go back. But if you take Zionism out of Palestine, if you take the evil out of Palestine, I promise you millions of us would go back with no issues. Yeah, and that's, and you know, you were mentioning uh, that stuff, and that sounds that sounds pretty much like it shares a lot of the American uh, the American system. You know, when you come to the United States, there's TSA, and sometimes they like just randomly check you, and sometimes they just like like racially target people. And you know, it's not it's definitely not as bad as like when you go home, you have to deal with this. Like you know, for lack of very worse, and sorry for the for the profanity, but you have to deal with this bullshit. You no, not be, at all. You know, you have to be put through this through this thing, just because you want to go home and visit your own home. You have to go through this. Um, you know, when you try to move around, as you mentioned, like the elderly get point at gunpoint, told them they needed to find transportation and go and go back home. That is upsetting. That that you know that takes a huge like cut of people's mental health. It takes a huge load on like who you really are, and it changes who you are. And yeah. And then, you know, they're saying then the Palestinians are the ones full of hate. But when you see things like this, then people don't regularly see on a regular basis. You're like, what the hell? Like, you know, they, they, they are entitled to, like, be upset about this. They are entitled to be angry because they're going through this. They're, they're going through this hate. They, I mean, the Palestinian people are entitled right now. They, they're not even entitled. They, they deserve to be angry. They deserve to, like, be angry. They, they need it because you can just go through this and, like, you, you know, Turn the other, turn the other cheek. You can't do that because your families, your friends, people that you spend your whole life with are getting murdered and killed and like on huge amounts, and they're just acting like nothing. And here in the United States, then you have groups like you know the American Israeli Public Affairs Committee. They're just or like AIPSA, PAC, whatever they call themselves. APAC. APAC. There you go. APAC. They call themselves APAC. Um, they have. Hundreds of dollars given to like the senators um, for like hate speech. They're pretty much, I don't know if you've ever seen their building, it's not even identifiable. They have yeah. nothing outside of their building because they know that they're a hate group. They are the, they are literally the equal of the KKK, just the Israeli KKKs. 100%. And, and you know, they're not the ones getting called terrorists. They're not the ones getting called like a hate group, but they are, they are a hate group. They are terrorists because they're like supporting genocide. But as you mentioned, it's the narrative is the hatred of this country, the people like the hatred they live with, and they don't, they don't see it. I mean, I don't think I have ever seen a Palestinian screaming something hateful. I don't think I have ever seen or like heard from a Palestinian not welcoming someone. I think on the country, they said they talk, they want to know you. And I mean, some people even say like, you know, they, they like if you're LGBT, they will freaking murder you. They will cut your throat if you're not like if you're not from Palestine, they'll cut your throat. I've seen LGBT people in the Palestinian protests here in the United States supporting Palestine 100%. I have seen people of color. I have seen like different, I, you know, I have seen more unity with, and Palestinians are literally like, I mean, I, I was um, a couple of years ago, I think it was, I want to say it was like 2020 when we had a protest in downtown Cleveland by the uh, Veterans um, Museum thing. And I, that was like my first protest ever. I went. 
I talked to the protest organizers. I told them, hey, my name is Juan. You know, I'm, I'm here to offer you any support you need. I will be around and please give me a call. I've done security for protests. I'm a, I'm a community organizer. This is what I do, you know, on my daily basis. At the end of the protest, I was pretty much like, and I'm wearing it right now, I was given a saw by um, two of the organizers. They put me in front and they pretty much tell everybody, this is Juan and he's an honorary Palestinian. I was like, holy shit, wow. Like, you know, I felt more welcome than <laughs> what I even felt in the United States. Where I should feel welcome because this is the land of the free for everybody. But I feel more well, welcome by Palestinians than even like the American people. Well, Juan, one of the, one of the it's funny because um, uh, uh, a piece of shit like Bill Maher, for example, um, we'll talk about how he posted a clip about how I, I forgot the, the name of the organization, but it was something gays for Palestine or gays for Gaza, whatever the case might be. And he posted a clip and he was like, do you do you realize that if you were in Gaza, uh, what they would do to you and, and blah, 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 whatever the bullshit he was he was spewing. Here's what's funny. I live in Ohio and I promise you there are cities in Ohio that. If you walk around, me as a man, holding another man's hand, kissing another man or girl on girl, whatever, guess what? You're not going to be welcome. You are not going to be, you know, treated with love, treated with kindness, treated with respect. And I'm not saying that's the case necessarily with Gaza. I just think there's going to be people that are going to be for you. There's people that are going to be against you. I'm sure there's plenty of people that are for it, plenty of people that are against it. And it's the same here in this country. So people just look for their own narrative to try to turn the tide of oh, well, if you're not exactly who they are, if you're not exactly what they want you to be, guess what? They're going to try to eliminate you. But the funny thing is, that's really how Israel is. If you are not exactly pro-Israeli, if you are not exactly a supporter of Israel, if you don't give all of your love, attention, money, money dedication to Israel, guess what? You are an anti-Semite. You cannot say anything. You cannot do anything against them or you are an anti-semite which is funny because arabs themselves are semites and we are for obviously judaism but we are against zionism but they put the two together to make you seem like you're an anti-semite and 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 that to me is the most ridiculous thing kind of just like the whole you know from the river to the sea palestine will be free they've turned that into an anti-semitic claim when we say it but now just the other day benjamin netanyahu that maniac quoted it. That maniac said, from the river to the sea, Israel will be free. And people are like, oh, yeah, that's cool. That's clever. See, it's just, it's, it's all about the narrative. It's all about what money buys. Truly, it's all about what money buys. And it's it's really, it's it's disgusting to see. And, and listen, I'm very fair when I talk about my disdain and my disgust for what's happening. I'm disgusted by countries like uh, Saudi Arabia, who are in the pockets of of the zionists who are in the pockets of the the us and israel they're in each other's pockets who have not spoken up who have not done anything who have not said a word who have all the money in the world and who have chosen to just do absolutely nothing watch as the people suffer and that's just one example um and that's why the people you know countries like yemen lebanon syria who are actually being about action you know they're they're putting their lives on the line to support humanity. They're putting their lives on the line to stop oppression because they too have been oppressed and they too have been through it and they know what it's like. The more and more people that see this, the more and more people are going to group together and eventually there's going to be way more of us than there are of you. The truth will continue to spill out 
and the right people will be free and liberated. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, this, it, it supports and it shows that, you know, it's not just, it's not just Palestinians that are going through this. It's, you know, the world is going through this with Palestine. There's people that are going through this with Palestine. And, you know, it's not, it doesn't mean go outside in the streets and you're going to be a hero tomorrow. It doesn't mean that, you know, by, by going outside in, in the United States streets, you're not, you're not doing the, I would say like you're doing the bare minimum, you're doing something, but it doesn't make us a hero. Let's like, we have to be very honest about that. It doesn't make us Superman, like, you know, Palestinian Superman with a cape and like, you're already like shit. You're like the big, the big guy. Um, so let me ask you, what are ways that people in the United States can help Palestinians in Palestine and in the country too? So it, it, it's funny to your first comment. I actually just talked about it the other day. We're not heroes, right? By doing what we're doing. Um, even though I'm 100% Palestinian, I do not compare myself to the Palestinians, especially living in Gaza or living through it. They are the true definition of, of heroes and being resilient and, and the true definitions of courage. Um, what can we do is continue to use our voices, continue to speak up, continue to share the truth, continue to spread the truth. Uh, there are people that really don't understand, but they're willing to listen. They're willing to understand. Those are the people we want to listen to. The people that are out there, the, the guy that you mentioned earlier with so much hate in his heart, you know, who uh, eradicate all Palestinians, you're never going to change that guy's mind. Don't focus on him. Focus on the person who, you know, tell me more about it. What's going on? What are we living through? And I get it. Palestinians get frustrated. They're like, oh, we've been talking about it for years. We've been showing it for years, blah, blah, blah. You haven't been paying attention. To be fair, we're all human. To be fair, we all don't really pay attention unless it really affects you, right? The, the, the Russia-Ukraine war, I made a comment or two on social media. And then I have to be honest with you, I didn't really think of too much about it. It's just, it's human nature. If it doesn't really affect you, it's hard to think about. But when it does affect you, and then people don't care, damn, that hits you hard. That hurts. So now, moving forward in the future, I realize how hard this is. And I realize when other countries start to go through it, man, we have to be there for them. We have to speak up for them. Congo, Sudan, all of these countries, Yemen, all of these countries, we have to be there side by side. We have to speak for oppression everywhere. We have to speak against genocide everywhere. That is the way we're going to change the world. So that's the easiest thing that we can do is use our voices. Next, find resources, find tools. There's plenty in every single city, not even major cities, but every single city where they are sending donations to Gaza, where they are sending money to help support Gaza, where they're trying to get medical aid, where they're trying to get the proper resources in place. I mentioned the PCRF earlier. That's one. There's plenty of organizations where you can help, where you can go. If you're unsure, find your local uh, Middle Eastern church, find your local mosque. I guarantee they have something that's going to support the people in, in, in Palestine and in Gaza. But that's all monetary, right? Money, blankets, clothes, that's very, very important. If you have stuff that you can donate, donate it. But the most important thing is we don't give up. We don't stop speaking up. We are making a difference. It's funny. People at first laughed at us with the whole boycotting thing. The boycott Starbucks, the boycott McDonald's. Well, guess what? Now they're in panic mode. Now both CEOs are sending out statements, retracting what they said because of the business they've lost. It works. Trust me, it works. And it's all about the almighty dollar, right? So we continue to do these things. We continue to show support and unify. 
we have to unify. We have to have the same voice. We have to have the same message. My last comment in regards to that is people, I see a big thing about, oh, I'm getting shadow banned. I'm, uh, uh, I'm getting shadow banned for this or shadow banned for that. There are ways to be pro-Palestinian. There are ways to speak up for Palestine without any sort of hate speech, without any sort of anger, just like the Palestinian people in Palestine. No hate speech, no anger, no calling for violence, none of that. We don't need to do any of that. All you got to do is show the facts. All you got to do is show the truth. All you got to do is show the people who are struggling. That speaks volumes. So those are, those are the important parts, and that's how we can continue to make a change. Absolutely. And lastly, but let me ask you before I let you, um, you know, have the floor for uh, a little and share some stuff. Um, is there a possible two-state solution? Is there like a two-country solution or just how it's – what do you see as the future solution for this, for what's going on? What do you see as a conclusion that will support Palestine and will keep – like, you know, it will keep Palestine free? Do you think there is a solution in the near future? Listen, almost every country in the world is is kind of a melting pot for other cultures, for other religions, right? Here in the United States, right? Canada, um, many countries. I mean, even Latin countries have people that come from all over the world who live there, Europe, whatever the case might be. So they live amongst each other. Everybody has the same rights. Everybody has the same rules and regulations everyone kind of has the same path if you want to you know be this you have to do that if you do this you have to do that everybody it's, it's kind of the same thing right in, in every single country if you if you want to be a doctor here in the united states doesn't matter black white indian chinese doesn't matter as long as you pass you get into medical school right same with most countries free rights free will we can all go freely to the store we can all go freely to the hospital we can all everybody can live freely to practice whatever religion, to practice whatever they want to do, that is the solution. Opening up everything. We have a wall, a literal wall that, that keeps us enclosed, that you cannot go beyond that wall without having to go through cages, without having to go through checkpoints. How inhumane is that? That doesn't make people feel like they're like they're free. I'm not ignorant enough to think that there will be a point in time where every single Israeli is going to be kicked out of Israel and it's going to be 100% Palestinian. The way the world is, the way the money is, APAC, the United States, I don't think that's going to happen. But I do think that it is Palestine. It needs to be Palestine. It's been Palestine. It was Palestine. Christians, Arabs, Jews lived, some, lived amongst each other. They worked amongst each other. They can go back to that. What ruined Palestine was Zionism. What ruined Palestine was evil and greed. You start locking people up, you start taking away their family, taking away their resources, taking away their, their, their work, their livelihood. Where is that acceptable anywhere else in the world, right? We know it's happening other places in the world, but things are being done about it. But again, when it comes to Palestinians, we don't matter. And, and I keep seeing this thing now too, which, which, which mind boggles me, which people are saying, you cannot be a Christian and not support Israel and Zionism. And I don't understand that. I don't understand that logic. I don't understand that theory. That doesn't make any any sort of sense to me. Um, yeah, you and know, people... my family was raised, my family completely, like my family is Christian. They're Pentecostals, which is like, you know, yeah. Old Testament Christianity. And my mother, my grandparents uh, have shared with me, like, you know, then 
they, they have told me like, you know, after seeing and reading what you have posted and you have shared, our support completely is like, you know, to the Palestinian people, which I was not gonna lie to you, I was holy shit, very surprised. Yeah, family, you know, they're so Christian and so into their like old fashioned ways. And this is like Israel. And when they when they talked to me, I was like, wow, I'm you know, I'm surprised, but at the same time, I love it. I love it that you guys can be Christians, but also support the side of right and 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 see what's going on and you know, visualize and understand then people are being under attack. The Palestinian people are being like like there's an ethnic cleansing, they're destroying them, and you guys are able to understand. Then Israel is a bad guy in this situation. I was so happy, you know, and and like to be able to see Christians, as you mentioned, like you, you know, your religion, Christianity, doesn't have to define you being like an anti-Zionist and hating, you know, and hating the uh, Palestinian people. It just means you have to, you know, look at the facts, look at what's happening, and then you make a decision. Not make not make a decision based on what your religion supposedly says because also you know christianity pretty much says love your brother love your sister mm -hmm. so I, I don't i don't know like by supporting israel you're pretty much supporting every you're like going against everything the bible says and also supporting genocide and and you, it's not even about religion it's just about being human right it's just about being a, a human and understanding right from wrong and you know listen to me I'm, I'm i'm a muslim but there's plenty of plenty of muslims that i disagree with there's plenty of muslims that i'm like ah eh, that's extreme i i talk about it all the time a lot of a lot of muslims sometimes will will create a narrative to help what they're wanted, wanting to do and it doesn't make sense you know for years we were fighting uh when the whole um isis thing was big and they're posting their videos and all the disgusting things they were doing and i had to keep fighting and telling people isis is not islam isis does not represent islam these are just maniacs who are using the name of Islam to, to, to commit these atrocities and to make us all look bad. But our religion does not teach us that. In fact, first of all, it's crazy to me that there are rules of war, right? Think about that. There's rules of war. There's rules that you should follow when you kill people. But there are rules of war. And in the Islamic rules of war, man, it, it, it states, if you want to be a true Muslim fighting in war, it states you do not attack women, you do not attack children, you do not attack the elderly. It even says... You don't cut their plants, you don't cut their crops, you treat prisoners with respect, you treat them with kindness. Like, the true religion, if people followed it, even at times of war, it, it, it's completely different than, than, than what you're seeing. But you don't have to be Muslim, you don't have to be Christian, you don't even have to be Jewish to just see what's happening and, and, and realize that it's a, it's a terrible, terrible thing. But moving forward, obviously there's still a lot, a lot more work to do in Palestine. We need to stop what's happening. I don't know why the word ceasefire triggers me, but it does trigger me because to me, when I hear ceasefire, it almost sounds like equal war. When I hear ceasefire, it sounds like two people going at each other and they both need to stop. I don't think to me it's a ceasefire. I think that the proper call needs to be an end to the genocide, an end to the occupation. They need to stop. You know, taking a, a pause for three days from killing innocent people is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard in my entire life. If they want the truth, if they really want any sort of peace in the future, it, it stops with the money going over there. It stops with the support. It stops with allowing them to just be criminals and just commit these atrocities. That That's where it all stops. But this, this is going to have a genera generational effects one. I mean, kids that are surviving now, guess what? 
if they survived when they're 16, 17, 18, they're going to be angry, especially if this is still going on. They're going to remember what was done to them. They're going to remember what happened to them. You know, these, these, these survivors too, they're going to have PTSD, major PTSD, major mental issues, major trauma. So it is important that our people know the support, not only the Palestinian support, but the support from all over the world understand that the, the support must continue. You know, we must keep them in mind, talk to them, let them know we're there for them, send them support for years and years and years to come. Think about it. If you've seen your family get annihilated, you think in 20 years you're going to be able to sleep well at night? Absolutely not. So we need to be there for them in 20 years. Hey, I'm, I'm still here for you. What do you need? How can I help you? So this is going to be generation after generation, and, and it's going to be probably 100 years for this to get fixed, but it has to stop first. It will not get fixed unless it's stopped. I absolutely agree. And, you know, it, it's just – it's a lot of work, but but it can be done. And, and it can be done. It should be done. And by now, it, it should be completely like, you know, the, the call to – as you said, and I mean, I was actually next Monday, I'm going to be speaking uh, to council again. And I was writing, and the statement that I was writing, actually, I, the exact words that you just said, I really literally said, we don't need a ceasefire statement. We need a statement to stop the genocide. Correct. We need a statement that, that literally tells people, we don't need, like, you know, this is not a two a two-side war. This is, a, this is not even a war. This is one country taking over another and killing their people and like destroying their land. And that's, you know, a ceasefire statement is for nurse when there's a war. We need yep. a statement that says stop the genocide, stop killing the people of Gaza, stop killing Palestinians because Israel feels like it. And I completely agree with you. And I, lo and I love you mentioned that because I thought I was like alone when I like was just thinking, writing this for uh, mm -hmm. uh, this past week. I was like, crap, am I gonna sound awful when I say like, you know, not a ceasefire statement, make a statement asking to for a stop of the genocide so exactly and let, yep. and let someone else looks at it from my perspective too from my perspective where like you know this is not a two people this is not a two country war this is a one country destroying another country and killing them for sure 100 percent. so with that let me open the floor for you like to say like you know whatever you want to add right now to the conversation whatever you like to like share with people um you know with listeners and everybody you know people ask why we're so passionate. People ask why, you know, this is something that we continue to do. And and I see, you know, people who are like, oh, we're tired of hearing about it or, you know, move on or rallies don't do anything or protests don't do anything. But again, I go back to a statement I made earlier. It took things, get, this is the worst I've seen in my lifetime. I mean, I know that Palestine, my country has been under occupation for 75 years, but in my 33 years of life, this is by far the worst that I've seen in my lifetime. And it took this happening to realize, wow, you should open your eyes to not only the struggle within your people, but the struggles all over the world. Understanding why when you see oppression, when you see genocide, when you see occupation anywhere, you need to make sure that those people are not alone. You need to make sure that you are supporting those people. Breaks my heart that I have friends that I went to high school with who, okay, if they don't want to post about Palestine, if they don't want to post about what's happening, but haven't even messaged me, haven't shot me a text, haven't shot me a message. How are you? Is your family okay? I'm sorry, what's happening to you? Nothing. They just turned a blind eye. 
this is not good for the world. This is not good for humanity. And you cannot have a free world without having a free Palestine. You just can't. They tried their first attempt, I brought up earlier, at ethnically cleansing us, was in 1948, the first Nakba. The Palestinian people let in a lot of the Jewish refugees after, of course, the Holocaust and World War II. The Palestinians opened up their arms and said, here, come, we have land for you, come live amongst us, so on and so forth. And then what happened with the help of Britain, they immediately turned their backs on the Palestinians. They start taking over their land, their homes, killing innocent Palestinians, kicking them out of their homes, they're out of their land. That is the first Nakba of 1948. At that time, the population of Palestine was roughly 1.7 million, just under 2 million people. That was in 1948. Now, in 2024, we are now over 14 million Palestinians all over the world. And now they're trying to ethnically cleanse us when we've 10x how many people we've had at their first attempt. Moral of the story is you will never get rid of us. You will never get rid of Palestine. You will never get rid of the Palestinian people. The world is a better place with Palestine. The world is a better place with the Palestinian people. They have shown their hearts, their resilience, their peace, and their love. And if we want a better world, if we want people to just be able to exhale and breathe and know that everything is okay, that will not happen without a free Palestine. Start listening to the people around you and stop listening to media outlets. Stop listening to politicians. Stop listening to people who have to speak because they get paid to speak. Those are the people that are always going to have an agenda. The truth comes from people who have no monetary reward for speaking their feelings and speaking their truth. And that's what we want to listen to. Absolutely. Those are absolutely great, great and amazing words. They definitely touching over there. So with that, if you don't have anything else to add, um, I think um so your social I'll link all your socials and all that to the show to the show notes. Once you send those to me so I can have them so everybody can follow you on social media and like see more and updates and everything that is happening. Um, you know, for listeners, so if in your local town there is a protest, there is uh talk to council. I know the uh, party for socialism and liberation is doing a shut it down for like uh, for Palestine, shut it down for Gaza events yep. around the nation. Join those, uh, you know, go outside, meet meet with your local Palestinian like friends, um, you know, support them. And the best part, as as you just said, ask them about their families. You know, ask them how's your family doing. Is is your like grandparents that might be in like Palestine? Are they doing okay? Uh, is there something I can do? You know, if you have if you have the resources to help. Take it outside, you know, to take it with them, go out, support them. If you have the chance to call, you know, or you know someone at the higher levels in your state, you know, you're, you're like state senators, you know, the U.S. senators, um, call them, talk to them too. You know, there's many Congress people that are on our side, but still are being quiet because money, money yep. is quieting them, it's shutting their mouths, like, you know. And it's an election and, year. Yes, and it's an election year. That is the best time to also talk to these people. Um, we had like people like AOC who has publicly from the beginning said that she is on our side, you know. And then you have other people like in the Republican side who will never be on our side. Uh, Ted Cruz pretty much has to chair some discussing stuff. You know, at that point, we want to make sure that we we talk to the people that are not on our side and have shared things to see how we can get them to be part of this and you know how, how we can educate them. 
and that's the primary goal educate everybody to support to support palestine and when they're educated we can also stop what's going on for sure no i i, I agree and I, th I think together um you know what's most important is you know palestinians know what's happening in palestine palestinians unify we stick together it's people like you one it's people who are like you who have taken the time to educate yourself and, and and research and and really just follow your heart and and be there for the truth and be there for humanity and be there for the people of palestine so i wanted to not only thank you uh for using your platform and giving a platform and and, and speaking on behalf of the palestinian people uh but also i know you now I, i've seen you at these rallies that man you you rally just like one of us you're with your heart you use your voice and it's going to be people like you that are really going to give get us over that edge that are really going to make a difference people start seeing it's more than just palestinians on the side of palestinians they're going to start to realize that there's something going on and they need to be on our side so thank you and and, and i appreciate the time man first our team would like to thank Tarek for joining us today and taking time out of his business schedule to do this episode remember this episode is for educational purposes for those that don't know what is going on so please don't use this episode to harass attack or assault uh, Tarek or his beliefs with that said everything and all the sources for this episode will be in our website which is linked below and for those asking yes the people behind Politico with Juan Callao Diaz and myself completely stand with the people of Palestine we do not support genocide and we do not support what Israel is doing. Politico with Juan Callao Diaz is a Spotify original from Anchor.fm and Chuck Norris approved. Right, Chuck? Chuck Norris approved.